I saw this article, you know, uh, reasons not to see a chiropractor. And really? I actually really liked it. I, oh, I thought okay. it was really interesting. And uh, so we'll talk about that. I think it was three top three reasons not to see a chiropractor. And I'll get into those in just a few minutes. But uh, one thing that I kept seeing uh, over and over again this past week that I did want to talk about was procrastination and people that have just put off uh, getting these aches and pains in their neck or their back just kept putting that off until now it's a big issue. Now, four months later, it's debilitating pain. If that's you and you're listening and you've got that small ache in your neck or small ache in your back and you think, oh, this is just going to go away over time, don't do that. Stop procrastinating. Go get that stuff checked out by a professional. The longer you put this off, the chances for this getting worse and worse are dramatic. I mean, it's only going to get worse over time. Arthritis isn't something that you just wake up with one day and have. Arthritis is this progressive degeneration. We call it that wear and tear style of arthritis. There's other arthritic conditions that can come from different things, but the true osteoarthritis is that wear and tear that can happen over time. Don't put that stuff off. It's, you know, the patient expectations are something that I talk about and are uh, in our consultation, that initial consultation. I have patients every day come in and they say, hey, my doctor told me I've got arthritis. I, you know, what can I do about it? And as a chiropractor, I'm not going to fix your arthritis. There's no adjustment. There's no therapy. There's nothing that's going to undo magically undo that arthritic change that has already set in. Now, there is good news with that as well, that arthritis doesn't always have to be painful. You know, I see people that have this arthritic condition and they say, uh, you know, my neck didn't hurt six months ago, but today it, it's, it's hurting. It's really bad. Is it the arthritis? Well, yes and no. The arthritis can cause areas, you know, if it rubs on a nerve or you're doing something, over and over again and you know putting more strain on your back in areas that it hadn't been in the past that's going to happen more frequently if you've got arthritis and you're not taking care of it if you're not being proactive and doing some things for your body and that's where chiropractic care can really help with you know uh, we can help make sure your joints are moving well i can give you those uh, the correct exercises the stuff you need to do i'll show you the proper way to do it you just need to make that part of your routine. I mean, again, it's it's like eating healthy. Uh, it's like exercise. Your doctor, if you're a diabetic and you go to the doctor and, and they say, hey, your blood sugar's high and that you need to change some of your eating habits, they don't say you only have to do that for two weeks or a few days until your blood sugar goes back down and then you can eat however you want again, right? That's not the way that works. We know that's a lifestyle change that you have to do basically forever. That's the same thing with taking care of your body. You have to do these stretches. You have to do these exercises, you know, kind of indefinitely. And there'll be things that happen during your life. You'll get a little sick. You'll go on vacation. I don't expect you to, you know, power through a bad flu and be out there exercising. Of course not. But if you make that part of your daily routine, as soon as you get feeling better, as soon as you get back home from vacation and, you know, situated back in your normal life, if that's your normal is exercising, your normal day is stretching, 
you're going to be so much better off and you'll have less incidences of those big flare-ups you know, when you're out doing all the guard, gardening, doing all the yard work. I mean, it's been beautiful outside. I've had so many people come in and say, yeah, I've been out in the yard the last few weeks. I'm feeling a little sore. Uh, you know, even even the patients that stay regular with these adjustments sometimes have flare-ups, but those people get better so much faster because they know how to take care of their back at home. And that's really the key, is making sure that you're not putting this stuff off and not just letting it get worse and worse because you think it's going to just get better overnight. I get another question about the best way to sleep in mattresses pretty frequently, you know, uh, and sleeping positions are typically, you know, not something people think about all that often. But one question that I ask during our, our initial consultations as well is, are you waking up with this pain or is this something that kind of gets worse throughout the day? Like, when, is your pain worse the very first thing in the morning or is it worse at the end of a long work day? You know, it's it's Friday, it's the end of the week, you've been sitting all week. Is your pain worse now or was it really bad right when you got up this morning? Are you one of those uh, 8 a.m. patients that I have and your back is just sore and achy then? That's when I want to know how you're sleeping. Like, are you... Uh, the I, the traditional positions that most of us will sleep in will be on our back, our sides, or our stomach, you know, unless you're a, a vampire and sleeping upside down, you a know, vampire. yeah, a, a bat, I don't know. I That's mean, the only ones I've come across so right, far, back, right. side, or stomach. Exactly. Uh, what's your preferred sleeping position, Jan? What are you? Uh, I am definitely uh, left side Okay. or stomach. Okay. All through the night. The stomach's the no-no. That's that's the bad one. You know and why sleeping on your stomach is it's bad? It's probably bad for your neck. Yeah, right? Because, you know, at my clinic, my tables that I have for the adjusting and like a massage table, when you lay face down, they've got that little spot for your head. Yeah. It's a cradle and there's a hole there so you can breathe. You can open your eyes if you want to. I've never been to your house, Jan, but I would bet a lot of money your bed at home does not have one of those little face cradles. It doesn't have some cutout for your face. Mm, doesn't. So if you're laying face down, you've got to rotate your neck 45, 90 degrees for however long you're in that position. Huh. That's going to put a lot of strain on your neck if you're sleeping in that position every single, hopefully you're getting six to eight hours of sleep every night. Think about watching, if I say we're going to watch a movie. Okay. And you're facing forward and I say, I'm going to put that screen, that movie screen, 90 degrees to your right. So way out over your right. And now you have to turn your head for two hours to watch the entire movie. And that's only two hours. Do you know your neck would not feel great after that? You'd want to try and stretch yeah. it out. You'd want, Of course you're going to have neck pain sleeping in that position over time. Don't sleep face down. That's, that's a big no-no. Uh, the easiest transition for that is sleeping on your side. Uh, I'm a side sleeper. The, the quote, best way, I'm doing the air quotes, right. to sleep is on your back. It's pretty easy to keep your spine in a neutral position if you're sleeping on your back, which is the goal from a chiropractic standpoint about sleeping. Again, we're trying to, we've all fallen asleep on, you know, the, on an airplane, on a chair, on a couch or something, and you're in that kind of seated head down into the side position, just you were really tired and you fell asleep, but you wake up from that and now your neck is stiff. Now your back's kind of achy because you got out of that neutral position for your back. So that's always the goal. If we can keep your spine and your arms and your legs as straight as possible while you're sleeping in a, and again, in a neutral position, that's going to be the goal. Okay. And on your back, pretty easy to do. 
when you're side sleeping, most of us kind of round our head. We tuck our chin to our chest, our knees come up a little bit. And you don't sleep with your legs stacked on top of each other, your arms, you know, one arm underneath you, the other arm on top of you. We kind of roll and we're kind of tilted, right? Yeah. Well, same thing. That's a lot of rotation in your body. That would be like reaching one of those arms forward and and having it there and turned. That's not great for your mid-back. That area between your shoulder blades will have a lot of tension in it. Uh, Putting a pillow between your knees helps keep your hips aligned, which will help a lot with your lower back. Same thing for your arms. It's kind of like an armrest for the bed. What I'd suggest is putting a pillow in front of you and kind of holding it with your arms, you know, your elbows bent at 90 degrees right out in front of you and holding that pillow there. That way your arm is supported and it's not, you know, rolled all the way down on the bed where you're stretching out that mid-back all night long. And I get it. Uh, Again, I'm a side sleeper. I go from my left side to my right side. It's this dance I'm doing with pillows. I wake up and they're not there. I got to find them around the bed and drag them back between my knees or between my arms. I know it's a pain sometimes, Mm. but in the long run, that stuff will really help. If you're having back pain and you're sleeping on your back, one other suggestion I've got for you is to elevate your knees a little bit. Uh, Jan, have you ever seen those mattresses that the, uh, the bed frame will actually, the head will lift up and the feet will elevate? Yeah. You've seen those now? They're pretty common. Uh, that's why the feet lift up. If you elevate your feet, it rounds what's called your lumbar lordosis, that curvature in your lower back. Uh, it round, it flattens that out. So now your back, your lower back is a little flatter as you roll your hips forward. And the mattress is actually supporting your back as opposed to if you just keep your legs all the way straight. Your low back kind of hovers above the mattress because your hips are on the bed and so is your mid back. So that curve in your low back isn't fully supported Whereas if you can kind of raise those legs up a little bit, like those mattresses or those bed frames do, uh, you can do that with pillows as well. I have you a question. You don't have to have one of those. What you got, Jan? What, what, well, the, what, what you're saying, I have done in the past, like especially when I was pregnant, you know, um, mm-hmm. I have slept like that. But what about an actual pillow for your head? What do you recommend? Yeah. So uh, one thing on pregnancy, those pregnancy pillows you don't have to only use those when you're pregnant and get rid of them, right? Okay. It's that big J shape that you yeah. kind of hold between your knees, between your arms. For sides, when you're pregnant, you sleep on your side. That's yes. the uh, that's exactly what you should be using when you're sleeping on your side, pregnant or not. That's a great model for it. Uh, when you go shopping for pillows, you're going to see two types of pillows. You're going to see uh, pillows for people that sleep on their back. They're called back sleeping pillows and side sleeping pillows. Now, the difference between them should be the density and how thick they are. If you're sleeping on your back, you want actually a little cutout for your head and some support for your neck. So there'll be like a little indentation or sometimes they look like a little wave Mm. where you can put your head, like your skull, and then there'll be an area that looks like it's a little elevated that's gonna go right where your neck is. That's to support your neck. Imagine sleeping on a completely square pillow or a rectangular pillow where your neck and your head are at the same level. What's going to happen? It's going to press your head forward and you're going to bring your chin to your chest while you're sleeping. So it's almost going to look like you're looking down all night long. Again, we spend a lot of time in that position already between our phones, our computers, keyboard. Like We spend too much time in that position as is. We don't need to continue doing that while you sleep. Now, the side sleeping pillows are going to be a little thicker, a little more dense, because they need to cover the distance between the edge of your shoulder, like your arm, 
and where your ear is. So kind of if you put your you know left hand on your right shoulder, you've got your pinky out towards your your shoulder, your thumb should be pointed towards your ear. That's kind of the distance that that pillow needs to be after you compress it. So don't get one of those you know big fluffy pillows that when you try and squeeze it, you can just almost press your palms together. Your head's gonna you know our heads weigh about you know 12 to 15 pounds and your head's gonna slowly drop down and you're gonna be in that laterally flex position all night long you know and depending on if you're you know 12 years old versus if you're an nfl lineman with you know really broad big shoulders is going to change the type of pillow that you need right you might need two pillows you might need to fold one in half but getting the pillow that works well for you will really help with some neck pain with those headaches if you're waking up with those in the morning that's one thing i'd really suggest you take a look at and again pillows are one of those things we get one that we like but we don't consider that they're going to, you know, decrease in that density over time. You know, if you're not replacing those pillows every couple years, three, four, five years, uh, they're probably losing some of that fill. They're not mm. as fluffy as when you first got them. There's not as much support there. So make sure you're, you're keeping track of how old exactly some of these pillows are. And same thing for the mattresses. I mean, they're going to lose some of that uh, density. They're going to lose some of that support after that, you know, right around that 10 year mark, it's probably time to replace that mattress. But that's a great question. And one I get, you know, all the time. And typically it's when I start asking, Hey, are you waking up with this? Or is this something mm -hmm. that's worse at the end of the day? You know, if your pain is worse at the end of the day, it's typically more of a fatigue issue. You know, we need to work on some of that muscular endurance for those. What kind of postures are you putting yourself in all day that you're at work? How's your chair? How's your setup at work? You know, are you you know, Jan, Jan and I, again, uh, a little height disparity there. We don't need to have the same setup at our desk. We right. shouldn't sit at the same chair. Our monitors should be different heights. And, you know, we just don't think about that. We get put in a job and we go to the workplace and that's how it stays until mm -hmm. we uh, really spend some time looking at it. So that's some suggestions if you're, you know, having pain towards the end of the day versus first thing in the morning. Let me get to a few of these reasons not to see a chiropractor. Uh, one of them was that people had had bad experiences and it didn't necessarily outline if it was like, you know, somebody that personally had one or if it was somebody that had heard of a bad experience from a chiropractor. But I hear that quite frequently, especially people that have never been to chiropractors. They, uh, they say things like, yeah, my mom had gone once and, you know, it really hurt her back and I've been nervous to go or I had a friend go and they said it was really uncomfortable and they didn't like it. So I've been hesitant to come, but it, this pain is just killing me now. I need to do something about it. And that's unfortunate. There are bad people that do things for a profession or that, that aren't great at their job in every profession, right? Uh, everybody's heard a story about mechanics and cars fixing their car right they brought their car to a auto shop and they got ripped off or the mechanic said they fixed it and it's still making that weird noise and the light's still going off and again there are bad chiropractors out there i mean that's the thing just like there's bad mechanics or bad teachers or again mm. there are people that are just not great at what they do or maybe they do something in an unethical way uh, and that's just a fact of living but that doesn't mean that all chiropractic care is going to be bad or you're going to have a bad experience every time. Uh, that's why people like to look at, you know, nowadays uh, the reviews go see, or, you know, are people have good things to say about this. Are they getting help with the types of conditions that you have? 
if you go and to a chiropractic clinic and you're asking questions about, Hey, this is, these are my symptoms. How can we fix this? And they're not really giving you the answers that you like probably hold off on care, you know, really reconsider, go to another chiropractor, get a second opinion. I mean, we do that stuff all the time with different things that we purchase that we do. Same thing should be done with our healthcare. Uh, you know, and that's, I, again, I'm truly sorry if you are one of those people that happen to have a bad experience, that's awful. But again, there's so many different ways and different techniques in the chiropractic realm that it doesn't mean that all chiropractic care is a, going to be a bad experience. At our clinic, uh, again, I use that activator, the activator method of adjusting, where if you're nervous about having your neck bent and popped and cracked, that's not the only way to get relief from chiropractic care. Joint manipulation can be done in a couple different ways, and the activator is a very effective, very gentle, very safe way of manipulating your spine and your joints without all the bending and twisting and popping that's associated with those you know, manual adjustments. If you haven't tried that and you're having back pain, give us a call at the Neal Clinic. Let's see if there's another way that we can help you that maybe you haven't tried in the past. And a lot of people in this area haven't tried it. You know, uh, you can go to activator.com and search our zip code. Search your zip code. There's one provider in Pensacola that is activator certified, and that's me I, at the Neal Clinic. I'm the only one in the Pensacola area. You know, I went to chiropractic school in Houston, Texas. There was 50. Uh, you know, in Orlando, again, same thing. In some of these bigger markets, there's a lot more people that go through this certification but it's very time consuming. It takes a lot of work, a lot of, it's not something that you get right out of school. You have to go annually to these conferences, to these seminars, to be certified. I do a lot of this stuff. I, I really believe in repetition and training to be good at something. You really have to practice it all the time. And that's why I do that. I, I get so many hours of this stuff that I'm the highest level of certification you can get. I think they call it advanced proficiency rated, which is, again, the highest level that you can have of, in training this before they let me start teaching the classes. It's a really good tool, and it helps a ton of people. And if you haven't tried it, you really haven't tried everything to help with your pain. One of the other things, and I, I thought this one was funny, was the cost. Yes, sure. Chiropractic care costs money. Everything right. costs money. Exactly. <laughs> but just like I was talking about earlier, those people that procrastinate and put these things off, if you put off taking care of these issues and then you end up having to have these surgeries where you're on these medications for life, the average cost of the of a lumbar fusion, a back surgery, $34,000. Another operation that people get with some of these issues for their low back pain, is it's called a laminectomy. $24,000. You think going to your chiropractor is expensive? Why don't you go get the back surgery at 34? And that's the, the middle of the road. Uh, that's not even the higher end. And most of the time, if I'm going to go get a big invasive procedure, I'm not shopping for the cheapest one I can get, right? You want to you yeah. want to try and get the best doctor you can afford to do that operation for you. You know how long you would go to be able to go see your chiropractor for 34000 for the cost of one back operation? You go to the chiropractor once a month, every month for 50 years. Oh, my I mean, goodness. It's, the cost comparison is absurd. I mean, I don't understand, and this is a conversation for another day, Jim, but our health insurance, uh, our health care model in this country is so backwards. Mm. Why would, 
is somebody or insurance companies want to approve one lumbar fusion surgery as opposed to long-term chiropractic care that they're not going to have to pay for mm-hmm. 50 years of medical care for this person. Chiropractic patients get better so much fat. If my timeline is 50 years, yeah, I got a lot of a big runway there. If you're not getting better in, you know, 6 months, there's probably something else going on there. And that's that's the thing people don't understand that if they choose not to follow these care plans that you know we recommend they may end up in some of those uh, surgery consults you know with the orthopedic surgeon and those things are not cheap you have to have the anesthesia i mean hospital bills these days are absurd take care of your body before you get to that point sure it does cost money most of the time almost every insurance policy that we see has some sort of chiropractic coverage now because even the insurance companies admit this chiropractic care works. You know, if it didn't, they wouldn't pay for that to be part of your plan. Uh, you know, there's things that there isn't a lot of researchers that don't have a lot of effectiveness and insurance companies won't pay for that stuff. But again, fill out the forms on neilclinic.com. Send us your health insurance information. We'll verify all that stuff before your appointment. The consultation doesn't cost any money. First, I need to see if your condition is even something that I can help you with. And before we start, you know, incurring charges, we'll tell you, hey, this is how much your insurance coverage costs. This is what your care will will cover. You know, uh, this is how frequently we're going to need to see you. So you're able to make the best decision for you. Maybe it is too expensive for you. I know some people are on fixed incomes, a lot of people on Medicare. And Medicare has chiropractic coverage now. I mean, that's a big one. I'm in network with Medicare. I see a ton of patients that get great relief from, again, that activator method of adjusting, and their insurance covers those adjustments. It's, I mean, the, the cost one made me laugh because those are typically the options, right? Jen's yeah. giving me that sign. I've run out of time again this morning. Well, thank you for being here. Man, oh, yeah. that's good information. Again, my name is Dr. Ben McMillan. My clinic is the Neal Clinic. We're located down on Creighton Road right across the street from the Walmart Our number is 850-479-2700. If you're in pain and ready to stop covering it up and get to the source and fix it, give Jamie a call. Tell her Dr. McMillan told you to schedule your consultation and come in and see us. That's Dr. Ben McMillan. It's News Radio 92.3, the Pensacola Expert Panel. Up next, City of Parks and Recreation.